Aren't these guys awesome? Guys at the Sound AV, everyone that serves here gets here really early. Really early, which means they get up really early to serve you because they're family and you're their family. And that's what it means to be family, doesn't it? To lay your life down for the brethren. No longer being consumed with you, but being consumed with him and others. Man, what a powerful people that have lost their life. You know what that the resurrection is really about as well? It's lose you and find the life that you were called for. It's crazy different to the life of just what you were born into. Even though you can be married and have kids and go on holiday, it's a completely different life. We're here. See, the hoodwink is it can look exactly the same on the outside. But inside, it's completely 100% different. People say to me, do you think you'd ever go back to live in England? I say, that's a really silly question because my life is not my own. I only go where he tells me to go. If he says go to England, I go to England. But I don't entertain any thoughts outside of him. Why? Because that's my old life still living. My life is hidden in Christ. I no longer live. But the life I live now, I live in faith in my ability to see Christ. See, I've given my entire life over. It's him. I no longer dream my own dreams. All I want is his dreams. Put your dreams in my heart. Make your dreams my desire. Man, do we talk the opposite though. There you go, I'm talking everywhere. There you go, I'm live streaming and it's awesome. It's cool. It works. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here on live stream, welcome. That's cool. Come with me to John 11. We're going to look at this passage with Lazarus and Martha, Jesus, Mary. And there truly is something amazing in these words. John eleven twenty. do we know the story of Lazarus, Martha, Mary, brothers and sisters, Jesus loves them. And this guy Lazarus, he, he dies. And Jesus is not in the town where he is, he's, he's in Jerusalem. He's two k's roughly maybe away from where he is and he gets the call that Lazarus, your friend, has died. He's like, no, he's just asleep. We're going to have some fun going to show you who I am, going to show you that I'm not of earth, going to show you that nothing holds anyone in my power because I'm not of earth, I've conquered earth, I'm the one that's overcome, I was with God in the bidding, we're going to have some fun with Lazarus, he's just asleep. That's why he can wait for four days, he's not in a rush is he? We probably would have been out the door bolted and gone, would the dead God tell you to go? You see, he's so one with his father, he waits on his father because he's in resurrected life because he is the resurrection. He doesn't do anything outside of his father. I wonder how much we do because of good intention. It's not wrong, it's good, it's just not necessarily God. I wonder how much good intention has taken up time, energy, resource by the church as opposed to God's intentions. 
That's tricky though, isn't it? He loved this guy. He's just died. Everyone's crying. He says, it's cool. We'll get there in my time. Why? Because he's the resurrection. He knows things. He foretells things. He was always telling the future. He tells you the future. Do you know that? You can know the future now. Do you know that? He wrote a book about it. It's called the Bible and it tells the future. So you can know the future. People say, oh, I can't know the future. Rubbish. The future is already written. It's foretold. He was constantly telling his guys the future. Why? Because he was the resurrection. He wrote the book. So God doesn't want us being hoodwinked, does he? He wants you to know all things so you can step into all things so you won't get found out with your pants down. They were constantly getting found with their pants down. Why? Because he was telling them the future and they were missing it. Guys, I'm going to die. Got that. And I'm going to rise again. So when he rose again, where were they? They told you, I'm going to rise again. Don't worry. You're going to see me die. It's all good. And I'm going to rise again. So why weren't they waiting for him? Why weren't they excited? Why weren't they full of life? He died. Yes. Why? Because life is coming on the third day. A full life. He talked about the power of the Spirit coming. He talked about us for this commission of going into the world to love God and love people. I'm so excited. He died. Yes. Because why? Because he's coming back. Why weren't they excited? Why aren't we excited? There's no need to be downcast because you can know it all. You can know the future. Why? Because he's the resurrection. It's Christ. He comes to reveal himself, his word, the future, everything that's in him, and you and I can know it. If we know the person, the resurrection. Powerful, eh? You see, the challenges that I find myself is, do I want to know it? Or am I building my house? Am I anchored to my house and my life here on earth and I'm making it all pretty with a nice garden and I paint it up and I add an extension and I go on. Am I living for my house, me, my life, or am I living for the resurrection? Christ. Which one, guys? You've got a choice while you live here. You can choose to love him or reject him. You can choose to live for him or live for you. Which one are you going to choose with the life you've been given? It's so serious. There is a resurrected life in Christ. I'm going to talk about it today. I'm talking about it right now. I wrote a book about it so the church could know it. It's chapter four of Bird's Eye View. If you don't know it, grab a copy. We give them away for free. If they all go the sum around the corner, grab the box, boxes and grab one. Start eating it because there is a life called the indestructible life in Jesus Christ to be in the church. It's just whether we're going to be ripped from our worlds and turn and want to go into his world to discover the life that's in Christ. He said, I am the resurrection. It's not a day. It's not an event and a whole. It's me. It's a person. And I came and I died and I rose again. I went into the earth to release all the guys that needed to hear the gospel to and preach the gospel to. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, I preached. They came out. We're in this together. He said, it's a person. And so often we make it about a day or an event, and it's Christ. It's every day. While you breathe, you have an opportunity to discover a resurrected life, and it is a full life. Let's pick this up in John eleven twenty. 20. 
Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give to you. See, this lady's changing, isn't she? This woman is changing from the Martha that was busy running around doing all the chores. She's actually starting to grow in Christ, which is awesome. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, don't you love dialogues? Mindsets speak certain languages, don't they? And then other mindsets speak the truth. And this is the challenge for you and I to have the mind of Christ. That you would not be speaking or thinking anything outside of his design. So right now, her language is sort of true, but he's about to do something. He says, no, no, we're going to show you some things here. So yes, we're all going to rise on that day, but there's something that's going to happen before that. There's a life to discover before that day. I am the resurrection and the life. One John 1 4 says, in Christ, in Christ was life. You will not find life outside of Christ. So stop trying if you are. In Christ is life, and that life, Christ, is the what? Light of men. Where is the light? How bright is your light? How bright is your resurrection light because you know the resurrection? I am the resurrection. I am the life. In me is life. That life is to be the light of men. How dark is the light, Matthew says, within me? You see, we're called to shine. We're called to be a glow stick. Many glow sticks. How many followers are there around the world? Roughly? Two billion, they reckon? Really? How many really that are glowing? That The light shines. When you walk somewhere, the light in you shines and people look and go. When he, when he walked on the earth, didn't, the darkness didn't recognize him, didn't it, right? He came for his own and they didn't recognize him. Why? Because the light was so bright. They didn't even know the light. They got no reference for the light. So he's this resurrected light. He says, if you're in me, your light will be bright. So let's get perfection going. Let's get being perfected in love. Yeah? 1 John 2, 6. Let's get perfected in unity. Let's get perfected in oneness. Perfected in love. Perfected in me, it's saying. I want to grow you. I want to form myself in you. I want to build me in you. This is not just a deposit. This deposit is so I can build a whole house. I want to build a whole temple that my spirit lives in, that when the world looks at, they see oneness. They see love. They see power. They see people living a resurrected life because I am the resurrected life. I didn't just come to die for your sin. I didn't just come for the power of sin to bring you into heaven, as good as that is. I came to bring you a resurrected life. It's called me. We've missed it. Why? Because we think the goal is heaven. We've taught, get your ticket, then go get a whole lot of other people and make sure they've got their ticket. And is it true? Yes. Is it the whole purpose? No. 
It's scratching the surface of what God came to bring. God said to Paul, get into that space, get into that city and preach the whole purpose of God. Preach the kingdom of God, the resurrected life of God, which that message is in and it's a part of, but it's not the whole. Don't make it the whole message. It's a part. It's a stepping stone into the message. But see, it's concealed. It's concealed for us. This resurrected life is concealed. The Bible says in Proverbs 25 too, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and it is the glory of kings to go what? Searching for it. The man had to dig up who hid the pearl and the seed. Was it not hidden? He had to go digging to find it. It's like the kingdom. See, the kingdom, once you find it, it's like a mustard seed. Once it's found and enters into you, it poof, it's resurrectional. It's poof, gone. It's growing. Whoa. You can't contain the weeds, can you? The mustard seed, when it grows, it's like... You try and cut it here, it grows here. Cut it there, it grows here. Why? Because I am the resurrection. And I want to build my church through my power of my word. And I build a people of power, humility, vulnerability, transparency, authenticity, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, just to name a few. Whew. He says, Martha, get ready for this. Then he says this, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Do we believe that? Really? Do you have a fully deep-rooted conviction of that? That when you die, you live. It'll break everything off your life. There's no death. That's what the resurrection's about. There's no death. Zero. Nada. Not just the bakery in Tower. Nada. <laughs> they make awesome scones. <laughs> he speaks a reality. I hope we can grasp this. He speaks and life comes into being. And he's speaking to Martha, going, I'm going to declare to you the truth. And I'm hoping, believing all things. I'm going to endure all things. I'm going to bear all things. So you can know the truth. And I'm going to go through what I'm going to go through to bring to you my Father's reality, the, the, the actualization of the life of my church. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for you. So I speak and I tell you there is no death in me. So I break the power of that fear off your life because it doesn't exist. You believed a lie. I've got a good friend that died for 20 minutes and came back to tell the story. Ian McCormick. He's got a living reality of that, hasn't he? He reads that and goes, you know what? Amen, I lived it. That's my reality. The scriptures are to be our life. Not just words on a page. Why? Because he is the resurrection. So he declares this promise and he's waiting for ears to hear. He's going, I wonder who's going to believe when the word goes out. 
And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Same questions he's asking today. He will ask them tomorrow. He will ask them a year. He will ask the same question until he returns. Do you believe I am life? And if you do, are you partaking of me? Have you found that I am the food source of this resurrected life? Are you still working for food that perishes? Do you spend more time on looking good? Do you spend more time on fixing your houses? Do you spend more time on you building your life? And it's going nowhere because it doesn't produce life. It puts what? Momentary sort of emotional highs. And then it's like, oh, yeah, the kitchen looks good, but now we need to do the lounge. And, and now we need to tidy up the bathroom. And it's this forever cycle of not being complete because you're looking for completeness outside of the resurrection. And then it becomes, crikey, I've got to have kids now. Because, you know, I've been married for five years and that's not doing it. I thought getting the wife would do it, the husband, but that ain't doing it. That's not cutting it. So now it's a new job. It's the job. If I change the job, all the time the life that he came to bring you is just sitting there being untapped, uneaten, unlooked at. And he's going, I wonder how long you guys are going to waste your life that I've given you because there's only a set number. It's between that mark and that mark and all the days are written so I wonder if we're going to turn and partake of real food. Me. I am the resurrection. Powerful resurrected, born again life started the day we received Christ. It's a now life. I'm just going to read you rather quickly some scriptures. First one is Romans 8. And I just ask you to hear, even though maybe not even look there, just hear the words Romans 8, 10 to 11. Romans 8, 10 to 11. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. That's him. Your body is alive because of him. He is the righteousness, isn't he? But you've got this thing called sin in you. He died for it. Died for the power to be broken. That you could live from a place of righteousness. Out of my being, the demonstration of my life is a life of righteousness. Right standing, right walking. Remember, I don't walk out of an alignment to the Father. I'm kept in His name my whole life. Why? Because I know the resurrection. Whew. But in the Spirit of Him, you ready for this? Who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to what? Your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. The word dwell means to occupy, to reside, inhabit, cohabit. I'll read that again. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, 
dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Where does the life come from? Your ability? His ability. From the spirit that was given as a deposit or a pledge in you to perform and finish a work that was started the day you received Christ. It was complete and going to be completed. See, if you think the day I received Christ, that's it. I've received Christ, it's over, you're wrong. The work is perfected as far as you're now righteous in God. Now he says, now work out your salvation. We need to have a whole renewing of the mind. We need to let go of your will, grab hold of my will, and my truth needs to define your emotions. Otherwise, you're going to live as a saved, born-again person, but never come into the fulfillment of what I have for you. Because my spirit, as you feed on my spirit, as my eternal word, the word is spirit, guys. It's not Hebrew, it's not Greek, it's not English. It's spirit. It's the sword of the spirit. You take this S out of the word, you get, we put S, W-O-R-D, sword. Take the S out, you got word. It's the sword of the spirit. The word is spirit. You need to be of the spirit to eat and hear the spirit, to have the life that causes your mortal body to have life. I can't contain this. And it's to be expressed everywhere and anywhere. It's like when you connect with God, which is 24-7, you want to sing, dance, pray, be found in the Word. You want to give. You want to serve. You can't contain it because it's not you trying. I'm not talking about a Christianity that you've got to whip up. That's dead. That's me in my dead position trying to be a good follower. That's not resurrected life. That's modification. That's trying to take a dead life and tweak it. Yeah? It's like I'm trying to, you know, oh, gee, need a bit of Botox on the lips. The skin's dragging here. I need to iron that out somehow. That's a dead life trying to keep looking nice. I'm talking about a brand new life in Christ where Christ, the Spirit, the Word, does the work within you. So now you can't, your body is the demonstration of what's happening in you. That's awesome, eh? 2 Corinthians 4, let's go there. It's the life within, guys. It's not external of you, it's internal. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earth and vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Man, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Why? Because they've got a life in them. They got resurrected life in them. They were being beaten from pillar to pope. They were being crushed, persecuted, struck down. And they go, can't destroy this life. You can't touch it. Why? Because it's not of this earth. Give it your best shot. What did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say? Throw us in the fire. Go on. Give your best shot. Even if. Mercy me wrote a song about it. Even if you do. 
But we're not of this planet, man. We're of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We know who we are and Him. We've got the authority, the power. Kill us. Because why? Because Jesus said there's no life. Sorry, no death after, uh, no life. I'm butchering that. (laughs) You don't die when you die. (laughs) They're in a reality, see? And so he goes, and it really annoyed him, didn't it? So he threw them in there. And they noticed there was someone else. Three went in, four were there. Who is it? Him. I'm the resurrection. I'll take you through the burning fires and you'll come out smelling beautifully. She doesn't even stink of the fire. When some people go through hard times, they come out smelling of the hard time because they try and fix themselves through the hard time. God allows all things so we actually learn some things in the hard time and come out smelling of Him. But see, there are choices that need to be made in the hard time for that to be reality because you can choose you in that. He says this, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also may be manifested in our body. The life of Christ manifested. Did Jesus not come to earth and said, I am, I'm the manifestation of God. If you've seen me, you've seen my Father. I am truth in reality. Touch me, hear me. Taste me, drink of me. I am the manifestation. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. That's really important. You're not dying for your own sake. You're dying for his sake. So that, see, when you die for Christ, the life, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. That's the resurrected life right there, isn't it? The life of Christ manifesting itself in your flesh. What for? So then you can live in the manner in which he walked and fulfill everything God calls you to do. And I don't want to harp on about it, but see, but while we're looking over here, You're getting the fruit of over here. Those that sow to the fruit, sow the flesh, get the fruit of the flesh. You've got to leave that and come over here. And, oh my goodness, I can't contain this thing. Oh my goodness, we're about to take off. That's Christianity. I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. I want in. I want to build my church. Romans 8. These are all promises for you and I. Promises. Promises. God wants the promises revealed, doesn't he? They're concealed, but he wants them revealed. Romans 8, 35. This is all about victory in Christ. Listen to this. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness? Or peril or sword. Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. 
You talk about laying your life down for the church. Because you can. Because of the resurrected life that's operating within you. See, I cannot live as a follower of Jesus out of my own strength. Cannot. Cannot. I have to be emptied. Just like Jesus needed to be emptied, I need to be emptied. That's not a message the church likes. It really isn't, because we think we can. So I say to people, okay, you think you can. Tell me about the life you're in, from the way you're in. Share with me about the transformational, resurrectional life you're in through your way. If you tell me you can come into life through your ability and your giftings and all those things, you share with me resurrected life in you. The fruit. Haven't met anyone yet. They go, what do you mean? And then you start sharing with them what it means and they go, wacko. No, just have resurrected life. Have the scriptures living, not just words, alive. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. What things? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. In all those things, these men overwhelmingly conquered. Not through themselves, through him who loved them. See, they knew the love of God. For I'm convinced... There's a statement. I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Where's the love? In Christ. In Christ. What did Christ say he was? the resurrection, and the life. If you know me, you know love. How well do you know me? Because the measure you owe me is the measure you will have love. So it's this constant revelation of Christ in the church. We can't just say, oh yeah, well, I prayed that prayer and I got, no, no, there's a building work. This man is convinced and lives a life of authenticity. Not because he's strong, not because he knew it all. He had to die to all that stuff and start all over again. He had to start all over again. Bang. Christ, the resurrection turns up. He says, Oi, oi, you. <laughs> A Scottish accent. You. <laughs> he's from Glasgow. Paul, you, I want you. Is that, how good is that, mate? <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> the great apostle realized this. He said, everything is but rubbish. Every study I've done, Everything I've did, every intellectualization thing, everything I tried to come into life is rubbish. 
but knowing you. Knowing you, knowing the power of your resurrection so I can have fellowship with your sufferings, he did. Everything he prayed, he wrote, he did. He lived it, why? Because he knew the resurrection. Let me just read this, Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope, Jesus Christ, the resurrection, fill you with all joy and peace, not happiness, not feel-good factors, substance of the Spirit, my Son, He is joy. He is peace. I give you my peace, Jesus said, in this thing called believing that the, the heart must engage with, the Spirit engages with this fully convinced because the Word went out and the heart, the Spirit, heard the Word because it was fertile and there was a connection, there was an interaction and all of a sudden I'm through not my power but through the power of the Word brought into a place of believing and I am the recipient of the joy and the peace now within my spirit, which means I live from that place. It's not happiness. Life can be crappy, and this thing speaks to it. Because it's not of me, it's of the resurrection. But the resurrection came in and resurrected this guy. Whew. Do you know what that does? How you write in books? I'm going to read you just chapter 4. He said, write it down so my people can eat it. He didn't say write it down so it could sit on a shelf. More than this physical life, Jesus taught his disciples and anyone who would listen that life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Do you like that? And anyone who would listen. He taught them not to worry about their lives as to what they will eat or what they will drink or what they will wear. Are you serious, Jesus? How can life be more than the basic commodities that every human being needs to survive? Food, water, and clothing. If we don't have these things, we will die. But here Jesus is saying not to worry about these things. Matthew 6, 25. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? What is this life that Jesus speaks of that is more than food and clothing? And where do you find this life? What is this life that is more than the physical? What is this life that is more than the physical necessities to life? This is what this chapter is dedicated to, to describe the life that Jesus came to birth, form, and establish in his church. Jesus came to make it possible for all his people to come into and live from an indestructible life in him. Jesus came to make this way possible by the death and resurrection of his life. And the Holy Spirit was given the role of continuing this process by leading us into truth. I suggest that this is a major reason Jesus said, it is better for you if I go. Eat it. Ask him to reveal it, because it's to be found. Jesus takes dead people and makes them alive in him. How many days was Lazarus dead for? Four days. I was dead for 29 years. 
Four days, that's a stench. 29 years, I beat Lazarus. My life was a stench. Why? Because I was living for me. 29 years of living for me. That's a lot of time to create a smell. And he still comes. He sees our stench. He sees our dead lives. He sees us running around in our trespass, our iniquity, sin, trying to figure it all out, trying to find life. And he goes, that's a real smell. But I love beyond what I'm smelling. And I come. And I love that he comes to Lazarus. And what does he do? He calls forth. He says, Lazarus, come out. The word of God, the spoken word, which we must all hear if we want life, is declared. And a guy that was dead for four days, all of a sudden comes out of the tomb. He's dead, man. You don't get more dead than dead. I was dead in my trespass, dead in my sin. Nothing good, nothing great in this guy. Couldn't get myself over myself, living for me, thinking there's some worth and value. Let me tell you, there's nothing good and valuable in a dead man who's living for himself. Nothing. The only problem is the dead man thinks he's worthy. I'm a good catch. I'm a good cat. You got a good deal when you got me. Really? No. You just don't know it because there's a way that seems right to you, Greg, but it ends in death. But there's a way that seems right to me and it ends in life. Do you want it? Because I'm coming here. I've gone right past your smell and I'm on your doorstep and I'm speaking to you. And he calls it forth. And the man hears his spirit, hears it. Boom. And he comes out and Jesus says, unbind the man. Set him free for the life that I called him into. A resurrected life. It's way more than just a guy dying and getting back up because he's going to die again, isn't it? We're all going to physically die. What would be the point of that? If Jesus just healed people for this life, he doesn't. He heals them to... to, Look at that, tongue-tied. It's all coming out too fast. He heals us that we can come into life now. The resurrected life is just a bonus. It's an outcome. Heaven's an outcome. I want my people in life. Why? So they can be ambassadors for me. So they can be in citizens from the place my son was. I had to come. I had to be the embodiment of it. I am the resurrection. There's no other life that's found in me. And then I come and build my church, myself, in my people. Through my power, not yours. Through your weakness and your vulnerability and your transparency. Your foolishness. I come and do the work. I take the things that aren't and I make them are. I take dead things and I bring them to life. I take a woman's womb who's 90 and I bring life into that and call forth a son. Who is he, man? He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is not a process. It's a person. He's not a set of facts. He's not a set of rules. He's a person. Wow. Call me from death. To life. No wonder Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, he said, I determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The man knew a lot more than that. But I determined to know 
nothing but the resurrection and the one who was resurrected. Why? Because I know in the person is everything. So if I preach Jesus and keep preaching Jesus, that my hearers will come into the life that's in Jesus. That's why I said I want to know him more. He didn't say I want to figure out what my plan is, Lord. Did he? That got revealed, didn't it? He said, I want to know you. I know if I know you, I'll know my purpose and my calling. I don't look for it outside of you. We do that. We look for stuff outside of him. Wondering why we haven't yet found it, because it's in him. He said, I chose you before the foundations of the world in me. You see, people look for their identity outside of Christ. They never find it. You'll never know who you are until you know Jesus in a way that you can live because it's in Jesus. The prize is in Jesus. The inheritance is in Jesus. Everything is in the resurrection, in the Christ. And that's why Paul said, I'm afraid that you've been led astray in your minds from the simplicity of a purity of a devotion to Jesus. You've been hoodwinked. Someone's come in from your own and hoodwinked you. They've spoken something and you've grabbed it and it's been a belie and now you're looking for things outside but you go, but I've already got Jesus. Well then, let's have a look at life. So we have him, but we need to have more. He needs to be formed. He needs to be revealed. Life is in the Christ, the resurrection. This is an everyday word. Not just on a Sunday when he rose again. It's an everyday word. Jesus is the resurrection. So if we want to experience a resurrected life, it's found in Christ. Full stop. Father, I ask you to reveal the Son. You even tell us, you go to great lengths to say the Son is the only one who knows the Father. And that the Father is the only one who knows the Son and to whom the Son wills to reveal. And I know you long to reveal yourself and the Father and his ways to us. You desire so much to reveal the mysteries that are to be known. It's your heartbeat. But you won't enforce yourself. You won't manipulate the situation. You wait for us to want those things too. You're so patient. You're so kind. You're so gentle with us. You're so merciful, Father. And for that, I am forever grateful that you've been this with me and continue to be it with me. But Lord, today I pray that through hearing the word, that we would no longer be trying to make lives here on earth and paint them up, hoping they're going to bring life but that we would be found like Mary at your feet, that we would be found constantly partaking and then getting up and living this new resurrected life. It's a position of oneness, God, with you, hence you prayed it. And I pray we'd know it more and more, that the streams, the abiding, the dwelling place in the vine, as we just be the branch, we're not trying to be the vine and we're not trying to be the vine dresser, We're just staying connected to the 
true vine, the resurrection. And life flows. Father, if we need to be apprehended today, apprehend us. If we need to be arrested from our ways, arrest us. And then by your power, Holy Spirit, I ask you to enable us to live this life you've called us to. Through your strength, not our own. In Jesus' name. Amen.